Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here at Guitar Nerds, we want to make sure you have the best chance to listen to all the guitar content that's right for you. That's why we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. A veritable treasure trove full of interviews, mini-series, and a whole extra half an hour episode every week. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Get your nerd on. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Brandon, joined this week by Jake Ross. Hello. And Matt Knight. Well, hello there. That's right. Back after uh, being away for some weeks. How many weeks were you away for? I I, I was, as we were talking just before the podcast, I've lost all sense of time. Yes. (laughs) I, I have no idea where I am, when I am, or who I am. I've had such a mad, like, three or four weeks. Well, yeah, it was horrible um, for us. It was a step back in time as well. We had to have uh, Mark, Marky P, Mark who? Packham. Yeah, who? I know. Who, exactly? Who? Uh, um, we had to have him back on the podcast, which was terrible. Don't do that again. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to. Yeah, I was um, away at a sales conference, and then I came back for two days, ho- helped open up the Artist Centre. Uh, we the, have a Metropolis the, Studios now. What, what Artist Centre? Uh, it's the Roland uh, Artist Centre at Metropolis Studios. It's very nice, Metropolis Studios. I've been yeah, to a, a I've very, been to a couple nice of uh, a couple of um, like they, they. I don't know if they. I don't think they did it this year, or maybe they're not doing it next year. But I've been to a couple of um, like high end audio uh, trade shows. I guess there uh, this show Headroom. I went to a couple of times, and it's uh, like the sort of place where you can go and listen to the uh, like hundred thousand pound. Uh, Sennheiser Orpheus um, headphone amp, and oh, uh, the one and that starts with a key. It's got like a. Uh, Sorry, it starts a, with a key. I don't think it starts with a key. The um, original one started with a little key. You put a it key in of what? And that's it's just a power. <laughs> it's just it's you put it in and that turns the power on. Very good, Joe. Wow. No, um, yeah. it's it's like a it's like a. I think the original one was like a marble block or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, something uh, ridiculous. And the valves come out of the block, right? Yeah, really, really weird. But um, sorry, fifty-five thousand dollars. The uh, the original uh, Orpheus. Wow. So, Poor and blimey. I mean, in fairness, you do get the headphones included. Um, oh, you know, it's not 
it's not completely outrageous but uh but yeah i went to i went to a couple of shows there sorry to hijack but yeah like it's a really nice space it's a really really nice space yeah there's a lot of famous record i think it's been there since the 80s was an old power station so did uh, did you manage to move? I think we asked. I think we asked Mark about this. But did you manage to move the wall of boss effects that you had at the Vans boss event over to? No, because we didn't actually own any of those pedals. Uh, they actually all came from the Roland US team, um, and that wall was the biggest headache at the event last year because it was made of um, perspex. It was. You had to lift it up in unison, both sides and from the front, and put it on straight because if and, you twisted it anyway, it broke. Yeah, and the pedals weren't all secured. So by the end of the event, when it had been knocked into by enough drunk people, some of yeah. them were at Oh, angles. we had to reset it after the Saturday night gig. We had to uh, <laughs> reset it, which was painful. I think it took about an hour to do that. Amazing. So you um, were at this. Uh, so you you helped launch this um, this new Roland Artist Center with all the gear. Yeah, and then I was there till midnight. Fell asleep in a taxi on the way home. Uh, woke up at five a.m. and travelled. What, still in the taxi? Yep. No. He um, just driven you round. Yeah, he just driven me round till five a.m. Just because I had time to kill before I got to Heathrow, uh, and then you know flew to Japan. So. Um, yeah, Amazing. I spent the and, last 10 days in Japan. And by uh, the looks of it, um, I, I appreciate that a lot of that event is uh, is under embargo, so we can't talk about uh, what was going on there. But of course, from all the uh, from all the Roland and the Boss Instagram and social media, you were hooking up with uh, the finest names in uh, sort of guitar uh, YouTube-ness. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I took uh, Rabia, Massad, Oda England, and that pedal show out to Japan. Um, they got to see the factory. We did a little bit of a tour. We went to the artist center. Um, we have there like a museum, and they got to check out a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good time. And then we took them around Tokyo and and took them to all the best sort of guitar buying spots. I mean, we we talked about it last year and before, but Tokyo is just this weird bubble of like guitar shops like more than anywhere else i'm sure like there must be more guitar shops in tokyo than probably the whole of the uk i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that's pretty mental but i'm gonna say there's so many guitar shops i think there's like really well shinomura music is the biggest dealer in japan there's 140 stores and japan's not that big what of that one of, of that, that one, one company one music store yeah crikey and ishibashi music which is like the next biggest have four stores in tokyo <laughs> that's, that's and it's, it's almost like it's almost like gak going we're gonna open up another store great where are you gonna open it same city about 10 minutes down the road on the next tube store. yeah hove, hove. <laughs> Do you know, and it's, it's so it's so odd it's it's so odd yeah, that is uh, that. That's pretty outrageous. You just, you're so much competition, and I mean, you know, music shops also that sell woodwind and brass. And we walked in one, and they only sold vintage synthesizers, and it was just like the best collection of vintage synths I've ever seen. It was like, how Amazing. is this a thing? And everything is just so mint condition and so perfect. Um, yeah, it was just great. And then on the on the last day. Same so wait, wait day? before before you before you move on from that, you you if if you if you went to a ton of guitar shops, surely talk us through some of the gems that you 
that you found? Oh, well, that's what I was actually going to get to. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, well, the thing is, a lot of the guitar shops out there sell new stuff, and there's always a little bit of secondhand hunting, but a trip to Japan isn't complete without going to Hard Off, uh, which I mentioned before, which is the brand of... Is there, is there, is there a brand of cash converters, shall we say? Hard Off. So it's um, like so, a, a, a second-hand store, a thrift store yeah, type a thing, Yeah, thrift right? store, but everything is basically mint condition. Um, so this one, this particular one is massive. It has three floors. It has a tech floor, a music floor, and then a hi-fi store. Everything is, second, everything is second-hand. So the guitar store had um, two 1949 Gibson Archtops. Wow. What? A 58 Strat. <laughs> A, fl- a Gibson Flying V bass from like the seventies. Oh. Oh, it dream. had a Fender Dual Showman. It had a bunch of vintage uh, drum machines, and that was just in the vintage cabinet. There was then other. There was like I don't know, ten, fifteen Mosrites, a bunch of like Japanese built um, Fenders, uh, Yamahas. Loads of stuff I'd never seen before. A whole classical sen- section that did a bunch of vintage stuff. And they have a great second-hand pedal selection. So they have a boss cabinet. Cabinet just filled with second-hand boss pedals. Um, oh. So I helped um, Dan find a couple of bits he was looking for. Uh, he wanted to get a DSD2, which is our old digital delay sampler, which is the same Wait, as an old DD3. DSD2? I yeah, don't remember d- it. It's It came out in 88, I think. And okay. it's, um, oh, really? That's yeah. quite... Oh, it's, that's, yeah. it's basically a DD3, an old DD3, so with the big chip, but it's got a trigger input that automatically triggers the sampling section um, in it, which is quite cool. So if you run it out of a drum machine or you can plug an FS5 into it and, and trigger off that as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so it's quite cool for glitchy stuff. That that, um, that sounds awesome. I need to get that. Yeah. Are they rare? Uh, they're not that rare. They're not that rare, but I'd get in quick probably before that pedal show, do a video on it, and then suddenly everyone wants yeah. to buy one. <laughs> and then the prices go up by about three times. Um, he bought an old BF1, which was the old massive um, flanger. Base flanger. No, yeah, no. Uh, you can just buy a BF3 for that. BF1 was like the old like big box flanger that we did in like 76. Right. Uh, which is like almost like mint condition. Um, and I was searching for a couple bits, and I found the Ibanez uh, Fuzz, the FZ7, the 7 Series. Oh, what, is it, wait, wait, the FZ7, is that the one that, is that from the same series as the yes. AD9 Delay? No, it's from the same series as the D7 Delay, the, the Lock right. Knob Series. Oh, the Lock Knobs, this, the, the sort of matte chrome pedals with the yeah. lockable knobs. This is the, this is the Fuzz, which I'm not sure what circuit it's based on, but it's got a damage control on it that goes from 0, 50 or 100% damage. Uh, it's like a little switch, and the more you turn up the damage control, the more broken the pedal sounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty. So they had a bunch there. They had the Smash Box, which was their distortion, the Seventh Heaven, which was their high gain distortion for seven string, um, and I can't remember what the other one was now. I think that might have been it. Uh, and I was, I was like, do I buy all four? And I was like, no, I'll just, buy, I'll just buy the fuzz. Um, oh, I know, I know. I should have bought. I was going to buy all of them. And I was like, I've got to take them all back. But when I was searching around, because I was searching for an old rack unit, an SD three thousand, I found this tiny orange rack unit. I was like, oh, it's five thousand yen. That's about thirty quid. I was like, oh, this looks quite cool. Um, 
don't really know much about it. And it's only about, I'd say it's not much. It's about the width of a Line 6 M5, if not slightly smaller. So right. it's not even half rack size. So how you're supposed to mount it, I don't actually know. By a Japanese company. And if anyone out there listening to this knows any information about it, um, please email us or let us know. It's by a company called Vestex. Vestex? V-E-S-T-A-X. Um, it's called the PCH1. So I did a bit of digging on it and there was only a tiny bit that I could find about it. They were basically a company that made turntables in the 1970s. And this is an all analog chorus that uses the same like circuitry as a bunch of old choruses from the seventies. And it's got proper JRC buffer chip in it and everything. And it sounds absolutely amazing. And I plugged it in and was like, Hmm, I'm definitely gonna have to buy this, <laughs> but I can't find any info on it. Um, and I don't think they're, they're not a, they're not a company anymore. I think they've closed. I found one picture of the circuit board online. So I don't know if they were used for turntables or or what, but it's it's a wicked sounding chorus pedal. Awesome. Well, mini rack, I guess. But yeah, it's got a foot switch in, so you can use it like a like a pedal. Um, so that was an absolute cool find for, for 30 quid, I thought. Yeah, I'm I'm going through a really chorusy stage at the uh, at the moment. Yeah, I went through a stage of like not having it on all the time though because I was using so much vibrato, and now I'm like, it's fine. I can have both. Or oh, the one I've left, I've let. I'm just leaving on at the moment and never turning off. Is Have we just driven them away? No, we no, no. I just went to oh, get oh, it. Okay. I just went to get it. It's the uh, the free the tone the tri avatar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's absolutely bonkers because you can make it so subtle, and I think that's the thing that uh, that chorus gets uh, overused, or yeah. or or you know, people often everyone, no one wants to turn a control knob less than twelve o'clock. You know, people are afraid of those first <laughs> those first few bits. But but that's where a chorus sounds best, like subtly, subtly in the mix, just thickens everything up. I'm 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 digging the chorus at the at the moment. Um, so did you buy anything else, Matty Nighty? Uh, I did not. No, uh, one of the other guys bought an Eric Johnson fuzz face, um, and then took a picture of the inside. It has all um, eight components in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's only the same as the. Uh... It's the originals, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. And you know, we had a, we had an interesting conversation about. Um, so the guys were talking to 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 Yoshi a bit. We we were down for Yoshi Kagami, the boss president, was talking a bit about capacitors and how capacitors are made and how the size and the placement of capacitors on a circuit board make a difference. And um, got into how I, I was interested to know their thought of. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but. I can't remember who it was that said it originally, but the size of the enclosure of a fuzz face makes a difference to the way it sounds. Yeah, th- there is something about this because, and I remember people kicking off about it when um, the fuzz face minis yeah. came 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 out. Um, there was, but it wasn't just that. There was also because uh, th- there's a couple of examples. Um, it, it was uh, the same thing that people complained about having the. Um, 
Sorry, I'm totally tripping over my words here. Let me hold fire and start again. The other thing that people complained about was the fact that it had a the minis had a nine volt input. Yeah. Um, which again also uh, was something that people kicked off about, and I kind of never really held a huge amount of uh, stock in that until I uh, we compared a, fu- a um, big muff and a big muff mini, and yeah. they do sound completely different. Yeah. Um, and you know, you think about all of those big. Um, those sort of OG uh, f- uh, fuzz units, like look at uh, you know all the all the old uh, fuzz pedals, all the, like, the tone beddings and stuff like that. They're all massive. Yeah, yeah, it's something to do with, and uh, this is ridiculous, but it's 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 something to do with two things: the way the circuit board is actually constructed and how the, the components sit next to each other. But yeah, how much physical like space, stuff, air, space, yeah, between. And <clears throat> I was having a conversation with. Um, briefly with Adrian Thorpe from Thorpe Effects because he's very kindly decide- retuned my Deluxe Memory Man because it's got a couple of analog chips in it and they were slightly he said they were slightly out of sync which is why the repeats were distorting and he was like the problem is is those old electronics pedals are built are built so badly and they're so unreliable but the way that they're built and the way the circuit board is constructed. And the way they're laid out is part of the sound. And actually, when you refine that and you modernise it, it does change the way they sound and it does change the way they feel. And it's like you say, when we put those two big muffs together, because you play a normal one, a nano one, on its own, you're like, that sounds great. And then you plug in the other one and you're like, that sounds great. And it's not until you A, B the two that you're like, right, now I understand why that one sounds better than that. You, You know, you can actually really hear that difference. Um, that is the bizarrest thing to yeah. to to make a difference. Yeah, I know. You know, I think that this is the thing. As we were talking a bit about the old um, the old tone benders and Macari still own the right to make the old tone benders. They they made. Well, that's them right. We, 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 was it you and me, Matt? Who bumped no, into? Oh, was it you Jay. and me, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they've, they've Anthony, retooled. I think Anthony Macari. That's mm. right. Yeah, because yeah, they've yeah. they've just released a book on. They have, yeah. I was looking at it. It looks amazing. Oh. It's quite expensive. Yeah, it's I did. Expensive. Want, I wanted to, but I was going to buy the book until I realised. I think it was was it seventy pounds, seventy five quid. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I was going to buy it then and there, but then it, yeah, I was like, it's quite a lot of money. But maybe oh, we it's should, definitely uh, worth it. I just yeah, didn't have seventy five pounds on me. It really looks amazing. It really, really looks amazing. Yeah. It, it might be the sort of thing that we should buy for guitar nerds, so that you yeah, because it it, it, it it looks cool when it, and I think it's really great to be able to like support a company like that that's been yeah. doing the same thing for so long. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting. Very interesting. It's basically they were saying that they've retooled certain machines to to print, you know, manufacture the boxes in the same way. And he's like, there, there's like six components, but it's like the layout and the way that they're on the board, the way the board is constructed, and everything is wired. Is you know, there's this real fanatics that say that it's got to be the way it is. Um, and you know, small changes can drastically change the way those those pedals sound. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, that was quite it was quite interesting to sort of delve into that. And that Eric Johnson one's quite a unique fuzz face because it it really cleans up a lot more than a lot of the other fuzz faces, especially on like a Strat and stuff. Really, um, that's And he picked it up for an absolute bargain. It was, I think he paid a hundred quid for it, and they were quite expensive at the at the time. I think. Cool. Um, awesome. 
so yeah, it was uh, it was a good trip. We picked up some, saw some cool stuff. I nearly bought an old JC twenty, um, which is the tiny little. Haven't you got one of those? Speak. No, I no, you had a fifty. But I had you, a fifty. You got rid of the fifty. Yeah, because it was just you got rid of the fifty without mad. telling me that you were getting rid of the fifty. So <laughs> right, you can pick them up on eBay for like next to no money. They're not worth no. anything. Um, but I nearly bought a twenty, uh, and I was like, I can't be bothered to deal with a transformer when I get back. But they're made. Yeah, because they yeah, they're, they're hundred. Are they hundred and ten? In there uh, were a hundred. Yeah, a hundred actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, bizarrely enough, they're made in Italy. Or they were made what? in Italy. Yeah. Need to need to speak to my people about that one. But yeah, for some reason those ones all are stamped made in Italy in the back. Bizarre. So Bizarre. I don't know if there was a run of JCs at one point that were Italian made, so maybe someone knows a little bit more about it. But um yeah. Italian well, listener, if you if you know more, uh, yeah, let us know. Why, why were the JC twenties made in Italy? J Cross, J Cross. This week, uh, you uh, went to the shop that I work at whilst I was away in Spain because we were hosting. Yeah, the timing and... was fantastic. <laughs> yes, I imagine it was. Uh, you you went to an earthquake advices event that we were hosting. I did, yeah. It was really good, actually. Um, uh, Earthquake Devices were there with uh, uh, Corey Juba, who is... um, I'd not heard of him before, but from from what I gather, from what he was saying, he's kind of involved in the development and uh, the uh, sort of production of the Earthquaker pedals. Really, really, really interesting guy. Um, I thought the the demo was really cool. He was um, by no means... Uh, a shredder he was um by no means like a, a flashy guitar player he was just a, a cool solid guitar player like he played guitar how um most of the people at that event probably were able to play guitar as opposed to when you go to a lot of these events where they've got you know like like when we had Ola England in the shop and it's just like well like <laughs> I'm never gonna be able to make anything sound like that whereas um uh, what Corey was playing was really, really cool. Like he he went through a load of the pedals. Didn't have everything, obviously, because there's so many pedals. But um, went through, and the thing that really impressed me was uh, he made the um, and Joe, please hold hold yourself together as I say this. Okay. He made the uh, Rainbow Machine sound usable. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Even you know, uh, even the- even the data corruptor he even wow. managed to make the data corruptor sound yeah, the, usable the, the data corruptor is usable i made a board that included it recently and all you have to do is like shut down it's a couple of the turn it off like, <laughs> <laughs> but it can all be, you have to do all you have to do yeah is you turn it round so it's facing <laughs> the audience and then people can just look at it and it's fine yeah, yeah, um, no, you, but, it can be a really functional ring modulator and actually the uh, rainbow machine being usable that's uh, that's one of uh, nick reinhardt's big things he right. uses the rainbow machine Machine. Yeah, but, but the bulk like, of what, come on, the bulk you've heard of, you've heard Terramelos, like, ah, yes, no, yes, yes, you're right. And occasionally he uses it for crazy things, but mostly his crazy sounds come from other pedals he uses, or, or he he widely cites on a lot of his videos where people ask him about it because I think he's become quite synonymous with the pedal. If yeah. you ask him about the Rainbow Machine, he uses it as a chorus. He shuts down a yeah, bulk okay. of the controls yeah, yeah, yeah. and uses that it makes as sense. a subtle chorus um, for things. And, and it sounds fantastic for that. Seems like a waste, um, but sounds great. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought that some of the stuff sounded great. Um, there was a couple of pedals there that I uh, haven't had a chance to try. Of course, um, the, the new... Um, the new um, 
Vibrato. Vibrato? Tremolo. The new tremolo. The aqueduct. Aqueduct. Yes, yeah, no, the aqueduct. It's a vibrato. It is vibrato, the yeah. aqueduct I thought the aqueduct I thought sounded great. Um but the the pedal that really impressed me, which I, I haven't uh spent a huge amount of time with, um, because it's a stereo flanging device, is the pyramids. <laughs> yeah, the pyramids. Um, yeah. I tell you what, the pyramids sounded absolutely incredible and uh, and by the by the end of the de- by the end of the day i was like i i like i think i need to buy one of these it's it sounded so good and it was yeah. like really really malleable um like re- like super tameable but you could also uh do all of that crazy stuff with it if you wanted um and it had a uh i think it was on the was it on the um on the uh on the pyramids i'm sure it was on the pyramids it had a um uh tone style um effect on there which was really really nice and obviously something that we've been talking about a lot recently um but yeah i I thought the pyramid sounded really good um and also something that i don't really consider particularly um earthquaker was the westwood which is like quite a transparent drive pedal um and uh, I, I thought that that was like really, really nice. Uh, like it was cool to hear something quite subtle from Earthquaker. Um, mm. So, so yeah, some, some great stuff there. He, he teased um, some features that they've got coming out over the next uh, on some of their pedals over, over the next few months, which uh, he asked us not to talk about. So I will not. Um, but if anybody went to any of the, uh, any of the, 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 the shows, I'm sure that you'll, have heard the same thing, but what I what I really liked about it was they've got um, on most of the pedals now, and I, I, I think this is something that's probably going to roll out as a, a as a number of these pedals become you know move into their sort of V twos. Um, is a lot of them have got these uh, soft switches, and I, I I can't remember what the um, did I make a note of it? There's there's like a proper they've given a proper name to whatever they're calling their soft switch, uh, which was the flex switch. That was it. Um, the flex switch, which is basically like you can use the um, you can use any of the the, the switches like a uh, momentary uh, mm. control. Same thing um, as the Spark Mini, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hold it down, it's if you just, momentary boost. It, if you tap exactly, it, it's exactly, on and off, same yeah. as same as what you get on the uh, on like the TC pedals as well. Yeah, um, but obviously that's, that's the with advantage it, of using a, an FET exactly switch. Yeah, basically. exactly. So so yeah, some some really really cool stuff. So it was really interesting. Uh, I had a really good time, um, and it was uh, it was like stepping back in time to uh, like go, it was really nice to go to. I tell you what was really nice. It was really nice to go to one of those events at GAC, and then when it was finished, um, not have to pack up all the chairs because I just went <laughs> to the park. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, that was really really cool. But um, yeah, some great stuff from Earthquaker. Um, they seem to have kind of quietened down a little bit um from you know how things were maybe a couple of years ago where it felt like there was just pedal after pedal after pedal i mean they make um, 50 pedals now i know yeah. it's crazy it's, it's crazy yeah it's very impressive and and actually listener if if you haven't already seen this now we, we we've spoken about this before on the uh on the podcast but there is an absolutely fantastic uh earthquake devices um documentary uh, to, mm. that you can watch on on YouTube. I think it's either on um, Earthquake Devices' own uh, YouTube channel, and it's also on Knob's YouTube channel. 
um uh which if you don't follow you should absolutely follow fantastic pedal reviews from those uh, knobs do the best the best guitar pedal demos uh, absolutely are. best yeah but nobody comes close as far as i'm no, concerned exactly yeah. we we honestly we thought about doing it for a while and then saw the knobs videos and and thought that nah, there's no point no yeah. there's there's nothing better than this talking of of knobs i was um <laughs> that youtube channel I haven't had chance to catch up on the podcast. Did you guys talk about the Enzo last week? Yeah, um, we, no. We oh no, didn't. we didn't. Do, do you I, remember it was in the news, and then we didn't. Get and you wouldn't to let it. me talk about it. That's right, because yeah, yeah. because we would have rushed it. But do you know what? We didn't include it in uh, in this week. So uh, so we but, should. Yeah, we we will. But let's talk about it now before we start the official new news because it's not actually news because everyone will kind of know about everyone it. But we should talk about, about the Enzo. Um, Matt Knight, talk about I, the Enzo. It blew my mind. So this it is this is the Meris. This is the Meris. So Meris Meris are responsible for the uh, what was their reverb called? The Mercury Mercury Seven Seven and, and the, the, also, poly, the Polymoon Delay and the and, Otto uh, Bit Otto Junior. Bit. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Junior. Yeah. So this is only um, so, the, only their fourth pedal. And and yeah, but but I guess like this the 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 Mercury. What do we say? Seven. The Mercury Seven, seven yeah, is, the reverb, is, yeah. is one of the the most sort of ethereal reverb pedals you will ever hear. The uh, the Autobit Junior is an absolutely ridiculous, I think it's eight or it might be six step um, uh, sort of note general, yeah, sequencer, um, yeah, or... Uh, or incredible sort of ring modulator, just just the most versatility and flexibility on a on a weird sounding pedal that I've ever seen, and uh, and then the uh, what was it called the Polymoon, yeah, um, is is absolutely you know one of the 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 craziest sort of soundscape pedals. If, uh, every I've time they, they have a fantastic track record for this. Every time they release a pedal, people go absolutely bananas for it, and and quite rightly, in the Enzo doesn't appear to be any different. Mm. So Matt yeah. Knight, talk to us about the Enzo. So um, for people who don't know a little bit of the background, this guy was a um, DSP engineer uh, at Line 6 and he helped develop the FM4. So he's had great experience in doing synth pedals. I mean, the FM4 has some of the most classic pedal synth sounds ever created. Um, and when he moved over, he's obviously used all his DSP programming into the other things that we've seen so far. But the Enzo, when I first heard it, I was, I didn't actually believe what I was hearing came out of that pedal. So it's a polyphonic or monophonic synthesizer, but it has a proper ADSR style filter in it. So you can get that proper attack, sustain and release like feel like you would on a proper synthesizer with pitch shifting and you can get infinite notes. You've got a sequencer on there, which also works um, polyphonically. It's just, it sounds like the eighties, the modern day eighties revival synth wave stuff. So if you want to do stranger things, stranger things or drive. You know, yeah. Basically anything that you hear in, in modern music today, that's, trying to be that 80s style thing i mean to me there was a couple of pad sounds that sounded just like a juno and i was like they've just got the attack and that that filter section just right and that's what makes the big difference because on a keyboard obviously you can control the attack when you hit the note you can control how long it takes for the note to get to a certain point and then how long it takes to sustain to that point and then how long it takes to release because it's done 
in an analog or, or digital way with a key press, but it's difficult to do it with the guitar because there's too many variables when it comes to the way you hit your string or or how you mute a string or anything like that. So sure. to build that into this system is a, just a work of art, I think. And that pedal, and I mean, you know, that pedal zone did a video on it and just had it sounding, you know, great. It was just like, yeah. I, I think for synth, this is like a step forward in easy to use, enjoyable, fun synthesis for wow. guitar players. Because I think so many guitar players, myself included, want to do that synth thing. Totally. You know, especially if you're sitting at home and you're just playing with a looper and you want to do something a bit different that's not turn reverb decay up to 12 seconds and turn the effects level up to 100 and do some sort of like echoey synth, you know, reverb thing. This is like allows you to create a whole new sort of textural palette, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah. uh, I think uh, Nick Reinhardt and Juan Alderette also managed to put out a pretty impressive video uh, yeah. on, on, on the pedal as well. And of course, their playing styles are just so well suited yeah. to synth stuff. And I was just uh, I was double checking on the website because I didn't see MIDI on the back, but you can actually do MIDI over TRS, which is quite good because the biggest thing with this pedal was like, do you remember we've mentioned it a few weeks ago about the flashback being a great pedal? But the problem is it's got too many sounds on it and the the pedal with too many great sounds can also be annoying because you've got no way of changing those sounds. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I've seen everyone use this with the the Meris four button foot switch, and I was like, I'm sure it's got to have some sort of MIDI capability because I'd want to I want to flick between presets over MIDI. But yeah, you can do it over over TRS, which I think is great. I just think cool. I just think as a pedal, I don't think there's anything that comes close i mean i know boss make sy300 but it's it's I would, that's what I like five years old though no like yeah three or four three, years old yeah, okay yeah it's and it but it's more money it's does it does a lot more but it's a lot more of a deep dive product yeah and the thing that i really like about the enzo is that it's just you turn it on and there's a great sound in it straight away you know the sy300 is much more like a synthesizer, an actual synthesizer for guitar players that you need to program, yeah. where this is much more like a great set of synth patches that just sound good as soon as you turn it on, like like the FM4, like the DL4, like most of that 4 series. It's yeah. like every yeah. one of those controls, it's just... It, it's I not cheap, though. When it's $300, Yeah, I mean, I realise that that's kind of the price of these things, but it's still I mean, that's money, becoming the new standard, isn't sure, it, really? Sure, 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 in terms of In terms of pricing, it's just like 300 bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. And we were talking, well, in Japan, we were talking about the Van Wilden Overdrive that I remember we had at Anderton's, which was £600. And oh, that's crazy. By the time I'd left, you it's know, we still sold, done, hadn't it? We sold still loads of them. Absolute, you know an absolute bunch of them like more than i would have ever thought we'd have sold a 600 pedal for 600 pound yeah pedal i for. think I, I remember when that happened and, and uh i even i i thought that was i thought that was a bad decision and uh i was completely proved wrong yeah it's, um, yeah it's totally crazy but you know i i think it just it was a great sounding pedal i think for someone who wants to do something a little bit different and for me the sequencer was like that's a great sounding sequencer yeah so um, before we move too far away from Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Synth pedals, that is an excellent segue uh, for me to talk about something that we spoke about on last week's podcast when i started banging on about the uh, the line six helix three note uh, generator system uh, which M- matt you are you familiar with this system should i bring you up to speed no, quickly yeah bring me up to speed so this is well okay so here's here's the scenario the only reason i'm mentioning this is because uh, on on the previous week's podcast i bang went on about uh, this this new feature i found on the helix which i thought was the most incredible thing i i can't believe how awesome this feature is and we're we're very fortunate on the um on the guitar nerds facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum to have Ben Adrian on the group, who is one of the uh, Line 6 designers. And as it turns out, I cited Moog Gravit, a podcast listener who is our sort of resident Helix expert, um, to sort of say, you know, has he had much experience with this? Because I was felt like I was just scratching the surface uh, last week as I'd only recently discovered it. Ben Adrian from Line 6 uh, chipped in on the Facebook thread to point out that he was actually responsible for the creation of this very patch the uh <laughs> the uh the helix three note generator synth matt knight allows um allows you to assign i can essentially assign a an unlatched foot switch to a synth note and i can assign the note that it is and then name that patch appropriately so have c and then make another one that is d and i can give myself if I'm using the you know the the ordinary the the helix or the or the helix lt I guess uh I can give myself what eight notes um if I'm using the hx effects I can give myself six notes on on that patch that I can I can play as a synthesizer with my feet or use as a drone knob or as uh, as I was creating you, to use as a replacement for uh bass foot pedals um, oh, okay nice. you know, like the sort of nord MIDI things that they that they brought out, or the organ foot pedals that that you know you'd see being used uh, um, by people like Chris Squire in the band. Yes, but it's uh, just having that the fact that you can turn a Line Six Helix into a into a synthesizer for your feet is one of the the most incredible things I've ever. I've ever seen one of the most amazing features I've ever seen on a on a pedal, and there are certainly because it's quite a new update. Um, there are there are quite a few and a couple of people shared on the group some videos on YouTube of people using this system whilst playing guitar simultaneously and uh, yeah it's it's very impressive. Um, but uh, the, Ben's I'll read you a bit of Ben's uh, of what Ben said um, about about this and I love how organically uh, this this came to came to be. Ben Ben says. Uh, um, 
Uh, one day, I was thinking of the band Spacemen 3 and how they uh, used to use Vox guitars with a built-in tuner that just droned an E note. Uh, they'd just leave the tuner on for the whole song as part of the music. Um, I had a little burst of inspiration and realised that we had synth oscillators built into the Helix DSP tools uh, that I could use for whatever. So I ran down to my office and in about an hour I'd mocked up a single note drone effect. By the next day I had two effects built, a frequency based generator um, and a note letter based generator. Um, uh, at, at the same time, we realized that we could assign the effects to momentary switches and make faux bass pedals, or we could have a snapshot jump between note values. Um, in short, there are a lot of possibilities for a person with a limber brain. But um, I just thought, <laughs> what, what an amazing thing to come up with, and uh, what you know, what, what what a fantastic new sort of leap for um, for digital pedals, which of course can be constantly updated and continue to mm. progress and become better and uh, better. Um, in it, no, sorry, go on. No, no, I was, I was, I was, that's really, it's like it's, it's a really interesting idea. Yeah, about how that all works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally wicked. Uh, in other news for me this week, um, I think I think it's new guitar time. What? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm really into hollow bodies at the moment, and you've got I'm, a hollow body. Uh, I mean, I have three oh, a different one. You want but, a different yeah, one? I, but but no. <laughs> but I'm how much thinking, is that Gibson you bought? Uh, like four grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fine. Okay. Cool. Um. But but no. I want I want a thinner one. I I want like um. I want a three three five or something. Uh, I was you thinking want a about one two five of... T. That's the one. That's the that's the one you want. Is it? Is Th- that that's the, one the I want? thin one with the P ninety in the neck only. Oh. Yeah. They that sound sounds absolutely wicked. That sounds very cool. See, I was thinking of losing one of my strats and getting a three thirty. But okay. Interestingly enough, last year, Gibson Memphis put out a limited run of ES330s in satin with humbuckers and dot inlays. Still with the tailpiece, um, but in like a satin walnut finish with no plate. It's kind of like a modern, traditional 330. It's like absolutely, completely unique. Um, But but yes, I'm thinking about a, uh, thinking about getting a 330. Matt, and Jay, have you owned hollow bodies? Recommendations? No, it's the only one, it's the only type of guitar I don't think I've ever owned. Why not? Um, I just haven't had the money when one's come up. I actually my dream would be to have a three thirty, I think. Um with P nineties though. That we had uh yeah, they have the three thirties. Three thirties normally P nineties and a tailpiece. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so I'd rather have that. Um, but there was a guitar once, and I don't know, Jay, maybe you remember this. There was a custom shop, 59335 in T-Burst. That was a custom... It was a custom shop Gibson that was built in the Nashville factory, not in the Memphis factory. Right. And it was... I think it was about three and a half grand, and it was probably the best... 335 I've ever played you know when you pick up a guitar and just like everything just feels right resonates right neck feels right it had like a massive chunky like 59 neck on it and I was like man 
that guitar was just absolute, absolutely perfect. Um, but I love the way that 330s, for me, pl play acoustically. Like, just unplugged. I think they feel really nice. I, I like not having the centre block in there. Yeah. Um, but you can get, get some great second-hand ones for not a lot of money. Um, like the 125Ts aren't, aren't too much money. Some of those sort of odd arch tops from the, the 60s. Um, a lot of the student arch tops and things like that are, are, are cool amps. Um, but yeah, I've just just not got around to owning one. I'd, I mean, I'd love a Gretsch as well, but you know, it's just it's just a case of when and and, uh, and where, I guess. Yeah. So um, of course, you owned a uh, what did you own? You owned a big old body Gretsch, didn't you, for a short I, time? I did. Yeah, actually, it was for quite a while. I got it when I was. Uh, I got it in two thousand and four, so I would have been. 17 probably right uh and i sold it i ended up selling it to joss allen actually um probably i don't know 2010 something like that so i had it for quite a while um and i liked it, it just it wasn't really for me to be honest with you like yeah i i and uh this so 2000 so yeah seven uh, 17 i went into i bought it because i went into gack and uh, what I wanted, what I'd gone into Gax by was a Telecaster, uh, and the uh, salesperson tricked me into buying a uh, Gretsch <laughs> that they had, uh, that was an X Display Gretsch, uh, and uh, I vowed that I would never ever uh, talk to this salesperson ever again. And uh, then uh, me and Mark Packham became very good friends, and uh, that you know that the rest is history. But uh, yeah, basically Mark tricked me into buying uh, a guitar that they had X demo um, because I was sort of uh, young and naive and was really and sure what was going you coming. on. Totally, totally. No, no, no. That's not. That's not. That's not completely true. No, we we were already friends at that point. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I went in to buy Gretsch, and I, oh, sorry, I went in to buy Telly, and uh, and I just I I didn't in the end. I just got I got a Gretsch, and uh, you know yeah, I made a mistake, and it was, well, not a mistake because I, I played it. I was playing in a ska band at the time, and it sounded great for what I was using it for, uh, but it just it never really felt proper for me. So so I ended up uh, I, I sold it and got a Telly and stuff. But I, I would say that if I was going to get a three, um, sorry, if I was going to get a hollow body now, I'd either go. Um, uh, 69 telly, 69 thin line telly, uh, which I really like. Or um, if I, and this is a lot more money, but uh, CS336, uh, oh, yeah. which nice. is which is the uh, it's a 33 it's a 339 shape, uh, so it's a smaller body, but um, it's a uh, one piece back center block and side, so it's carved from a single piece of mahogany. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They sound amazing. They sound absolutely incredible. So resonant, so uh, so ringy. Um, they're they're really really incredible. Um, but of course, because it's made of one huge piece of wood, um, they they do tend to be fairly expensive. Yeah, um, you can pick one up at the moment for three thousand pounds. Oh, that's uh, not so bad. That's I mean, obviously three thousand pounds is a lot of money, but it's like I I was expecting it to be more than that, considering yeah. Yeah, that's the that's part of the 2017 custom shop uh, range out of Memphis. But yeah, that's that's not. I mean, considering we're talking about the Gibson Memphis custom sure. shop here, I think that two nine 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 pounds sterling is not too bad at all. Yeah, they're they're really really nice. I I've always preferred a three three uh, three three nine to a three three five. Three three five can just be a little bit too 
big and unwieldy for me. Um, which I, I think again is is part of the reason why I just I didn't really get on with the Gretsch in the end. Um, I just wanted something, despite being quite a big person. Um, the the it just felt like it just felt too big to me. I, and, and also, I think that's the reason why I've never really got on with acoustic guitars. Uh, I just want something slim and something easy to play. Um and uh and yeah three three the three three six is is such a great model and uh, it's a shame they don't do more of them so so have you got one in GAC at the moment then is that what you're saying uh, we don't know we do not we do oh. not it's at a competitor's oh. I know there is a uh, there is a three three six at the moment oh well thanks for uh, thanks I'll, I'll check it out yeah absolutely <laughs> anyway we, we we are like three quarters way through the podcast we should definitely um uh, dip into some news because whilst uh, there aren't actually that many new things that uh that have come out at the moment there are some really super cool things you do so, have a 336 in stock you do, do we a, yeah you do have a C- cs 336 <laughs> yeah you've got a really nice looking one it's in I, tv white i am it fan. looks fantastic i, look, I tell you what job. that looks absolutely incredible well i'll do your deal how much are we doing it for uh, well, how much are you going to do it for me for? And then I'll I tell you. Uh, 400 quid? Sounds sounds great. Yeah, okay, sounds cool. Great. cool. If, uh, you don't mind, if, if you don't mind paying for it for me up front, I'll, I'll sort yeah, it out later. You, yeah, yeah two, that's two, fine. You just make sure it's cash in hand and it will be at your house tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, do some news. News. Matt Knight. Uh, first, I've up. never heard the news jingle. I've never listened. I've never listened back. <laughs> I've, got absol- I've got absolutely no idea what it sounds I, like. <laughs> I change it every now and again. I've I've settled for one recently, but only because I just haven't had the time to record uh, a slightly different one. I mean, I, to make more. I also just quickly looked on the uh, the GAC website, and you've still got that absolutely wicked three thirty with a Bigsby in white. Which is the yeah. uh, signature one? That's such a great guitar. I am very well aware of that. What what's the signature fella's name? I don't, I I don't can't know the dude. Remember, he's a Japanese guitarist that plays. Yeah, it's a Japanese guitar Such I such think. a shame that we still have that because I think we got that guitar when when both of you were working. No, I wasn't. No, no, you weren't there. But I think Tamio Akuda. Yeah. yeah, and it's such no, a fantastic guitar. Well, it's quite, it's still, it's it's still five, looking for the. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good price. It's a great guitar. It's just looking for the right owner, I guess. I guess a white three thirty isn't necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but it is an absolutely fantastic yeah. guitar. Matt Knight Epiphone. Speaking of Gibson, Epiphone have released a signature model, and uh, on as they continue to flog the uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the dead to dying horse that is Slash. What has he got now? Um, so limited edition Slash Firebird premium outfit and limited edition standard outfit. Where is the top hat? That's what I want to know. No free top hat with this one. <laughs> um, basically, a Epiphone Firebird with Slash Alnico pickups comes in two variants. So the premium. Uh, outfit is what limited to 100 numbered and signed by slash um slash's first signature firebird he's had everything else but he hasn't had a firebird uh triple a flame maple top uh mahogany body slash open coil now they say seymour duncan now that's the interesting thing is that that flame maple top on a on a firebird some firebirds do normally come you can get some um, with a flame maple top. I don't think it's it's gotta be 
it's got to be a veneer for that, obviously, for that yeah. money. Um, I actually like the um, the article that I've I found on here. The web goes. Epiphone unleashes, unleashes slash Firebird. Guns N' Roses frontman gets new mid-price signature guitar. And then at the bottom it says, there's no word on RRP yet. So how do you know it's a mid-price guitar? I guess you're thinking, <laughs> well, I think rumours are it's going to be 899. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Which sounds about right. The first hundred have probably already sold. Um, so if you're listening to this on the Wednesday... Uh, which is a day later than we usually do, you've probably missed out unless you've already ordered one um, because there are slash fanatics out there who have already doubled the value of this guitar. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned up on reverb for well over 1500 within a week or so. Um, the standard version, basically you get all the same things, um, but you just don't get the signature. You don't get the hard case and the strap. You just get a little certificate. So um, they did. They did. They, didn't we talk about one of these last week? Was it? Um, who was it? There, someone. I, I've already forgotten. Somebody last week uh, had a, um, a, a an Epiphone signature guitar come out, and it was exactly the same as this. Like a hundred limited ones. And then, uh, who was it? It's not Jeff Lynn, but it's someone like that, isn't it? Sorry, no, I can't remember. I'll have to have a look. But um, this is this seems to be a new uh, a new thing for Epiphone is that they they are doing, you know, something like this fairly regularly. They did do it on they the did on, they I did think on the bomb. It has been more, Mark, Peter more Frampton, popular. that was it. It was it was that just was right. it was just yeah. last week. It was Peter Frampton had a uh, yeah. released exa- exactly the same sort of thing. A hundred um limited ones and then however many uh to, to follow. So th- this is something that they, they appear to be doing. I guess it's uh, yeah. I guess it's just a you know, a way to sort of generate a bit more I, interest um, in the Epiphone brand. I wanna know what, what happens if he sneezes during the signature and totally scuffs it up. What do they do? Do they do they refinish that guitar or do they just go? Do they make a new one? Do you think they have spares in case he messes up a, I, a signature? Well, the thing is, I guess they're making nine hundred, and the only difference is that um, is the signature and the strap and the case that it comes in. So ah, yeah, I that, guess he's got a lot it. of practice for that. But his signature yeah. does look like it says slush. So um, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, worse than that, it looks like S L U C. A Sluker, Sluker number one. Um, but yeah, this yeah, these guitars are already sold. But yeah, I think absolutely. I think you'll you'll find a few left in the nine hundred of the standard ones. And the do you know what? If gone. you don't like Slash, it's still a fantastic guitar. The only thing that you might have to get your head around is, of course, they have replaced the uh, the Firebird logo on the on the scratch plate with uh, with Slash's skull. I would say if you're a Guns N' Roses fan probably a nice collectible piece to have yeah guitar um, will be average to good i don't think it's gonna be mind-blowing but a lot of people go to firebird and go why is the guitar so long um yeah. and that's always <laughs> yeah. the, the, the biggest thing with those didn't oh, um, pal ferro fretboard which is worth worth noting as well no no re, uh rosewood so did did one of you just say that this is slash's first firebird Yes. Matt, you said that, isn't it? Uh, um, he's had a Gibson. He has, yeah. I, well, do, do you remember? I think it was maybe. I'm just trying to find some info on it. Maybe a year ago, um, he announced 
There was two. There was a uh, one that looked like this. That was like a trans black, and one that was like an alpine, uh, like an, a TV yes. white, I guess. Um, and they looked amazing, but they were ridiculous money, like eight yes. grand or something. I, I really, I can't remember exactly. You I, are and, right. And I'm not yes, they did. Maybe they found the internet off. for it. Yeah, maybe they're thinking of just an Epiphone one, but it was yeah. crazy quilt top, basically yeah. the Gibson version of this. And yes, exactly. they were making money. There exactly. was only 25 of those guitars. Oh, right. Okay. There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. Really there interesting. Is. Jay Cross, um, the uh, Outlaw, have uh, the Outlaw, Outlaw. Uh, outlaw effects. Have, yes, outlaw effects have finally uh, launched their Nomad pedal boards. Now we spoke about these quite some time ago. We spoke about these after Nam, but their official release—you can actually buy these pedal boards now. Um, yeah, so really, really exciting. Maybe the most, uh, the most interesting uh, thing that. That I saw at Nam. I think me and Matt and uh, a colleague of mine, Matt, were walking around, and we uh, we we bumped into 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 uh, Outlaw Effects, and and uh, they were also uh, exhibiting a couple of the others, the Animals pedal, and yeah. um, who was the other uh, the pedal board management company? Not Ground Control, but something like that, wasn't it? Uh... No, it was ground control. Was it ground control? Yeah, it was yeah. ground control. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought the Nomad was fantastic. So it's they do two pedal boards, the uh, S128 and the M128, which are um, $160 and $180 respectively. Uh, fairly uh, compact pedal boards um, that are designed to hold uh, the um, Outlaw uh pedals which are similar to the um to like moore style chassis and um the pedal board is completely um lithium ion powered so uh you charge it up and then the um the 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 power outputs are actually built into the back of the pedal board well they're actually built into the pedal board itself uh so you don't need to take a um a power supply out with you um it's very similar to what um uh, pedal train were doing with the volto uh just uh, you know five years ago or whatever but outlaw have kind of combined the two pedal train products mm. into into this really really neat little feature um at, at a fantastic price as at well. a really really competitive price i think i i am i honestly i think this is one of my maybe my favorite thing that i saw at nam uh that, that i didn't that i didn't know about before it's so interesting it, it's nearly thirteen thousand milliamps um of of power so you've got loads and loads of power in there to power all sorts of stuff um, you do have a couple of uh, voltage options. So there's um, a couple of 12 volts, uh, one uh, 18 or 24 volt, and then seven nines. And um, yeah, I, I just thought it was, I thought it was a really, really great little little little, um, little unit. And they did say that it wasn't available at the time. So I'm glad that it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now, um, I, think, uh, I think another thing that's just worth, uh, just worth noting is the serial numbers on the, or the, the, product numbers on these you've got the s128 and the m128 uh which suggests to me that it won't be long before we see an l or an xl128 uh which will likely be uh you know larger versions of these ah, so yes that would be far more appealing to me but yes. um but but yes they they do seem like fantastic solutions yeah very people cool with smaller boards and certainly just making everything all built in 
you know, no one wants to spend money on a separate power supply. Why not build it into a pedal board? A fantastic idea indeed. OD guitars have unveiled um, the Minerva, which is a new model for them. You might not be uh, familiar with uh, OD guitars. They're they're not one of the sort of larger names in guitars. That they're, uh, they're uh, an Israeli guitar company um, who. Uh, specialise in modern guitars, and this certainly is an extremely modern uh, instrument. This is their foray into headless instruments, um, both headless and fan-fretted, so following the line of Stramberg and Ormsby uh, and Kiesel along that sort of path. Um, this this is their headless model, so available in 6, 7 or, or 8 string. It is absolutely jam-packed with, with features. You know, it, it comes with your pre pre built with uh with, with um uh bare knuckle humbuckers with those wonderful like monorail um uh bridge tuners and it's it they have that fantastic burst that i think ibn has really popularized where it's where everything's sported and it's moving from a natural color into a blue um which looks great if you're into modern stuff I, I really think that i love the shape on this guitar it's fantastically modern but there is one thing about od guitars that makes them uh very like extremely uh unique and can, can you see jay and matt have you, do you are you guys aware of this on on od guitars i'm just having a look now on so that. if you if you look at and and this is something that's universal across all of od guitars um if you look at the front of the guitar it has a a, a chamber um, uh, across, but not an not an you know an F hole or, or anything like that. It's um, kind of like a, a sort of lots of individual holes, like a, a network of. Uh, it looks of like a, an ant's holes. nest or something like that. Absolutely, yeah, or a, yeah, or a, a termite like nest. So that that that's uh, that is a concept which OD guitars refer to as natural geom uh, natural geometric chambering. Um, I'm going to read what they what they've written on the website about it because it's 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 absolutely fascinating. There's a there's a mathematical precision to this this chambering. So um, the, the the fellow Omer who um, who heads up this company says, ever since he was a child, he's been fascinated by nature's own mathematics, and he didn't see it at the time, but it was always there. And of course, he's not creating or discovering anything new here. It's always been known that nature has its own order in chaos, um, but he's come to find that his interest in uh, sonics lies within nature's mathematics the golden ratio uh, the sacred uh, geometry fractal etc and he says uh, i decided to look further down the rabbit hole and see where it goes it was there that i started designing using the help of those shapes and mathematical rules which in some way led me to combining them with the traditional methods of guitar building and design within the surface of guitar i've also come to find that those shapes of chambering like the nautilus chambers change the tone of the guitar and i can control the way bass and treble are affected by it these geometric patterns are all created by using CAD software and are calculated in a way that expresses nature's natural geometric it's a progressive thinking and it's it's uh sorry it's a progressive thinking and experimenting with those patterns therefore i have a lot of uh of, of testing and discovering ahead of me in order to reveal new options for my future designs but it's just a like something that I wrote off as being a very, very sort of modern, uh, sort of showy offy, looky sort of uh, uh, thing to add to a guitar is actually 
a, um, a sort of mathematically designed tone shaping for the instrument. Um, I just think that's completely unique and uh, and really interesting. Yeah, I guess it comes down to what we're saying about pedals with components and how they're placed. I guess, you know, there's so many minor things that can make a, a guitar sound totally different. Yeah, absolutely. Now the, these guitars come with uh, you know with a with a price point reflective of that. So the uh, the new Minerva's uh, the base model starts at three and a half thousand US dollars. Um, so they're you know pretty top end, um, but they're all they're all built to order and, and are completely customizable. So they're um, what an absolutely cool modern guitar. I really love sort of the story behind that. Very yeah, I'd, I'd uh, love to try one. They look indeed. wicked. Yeah, absolutely. They certainly can I, do. Can I just say something that I I've just had a quick look at their um their their uh like you know spec uh online spec builder or whatever. And yeah. um one thing that I'm really really glad about is um after talking about all of the uh, all of you know the sort of um intricacies of the uh the geometry in in the the the, the design um you can only get passive pickups with this guitar uh i just i thought it would have been absolutely hilarious after all of that um <laughs> there'd been some mg81s or 85s in there do you know what i mean like, pickups that cut all the dynamics out yeah completely. yeah absolutely yeah. but no it is only um in fact the only thing that they're that they're offering are bare knuckles um so they must have found something that works very specifically um for these guitars but yeah uh, very very interesting um I so if they they're saying that they they use CNC so it's um yeah there must I be I mean that's got to be the only way to do that I'm sure Yeah well the the only other thing I was thinking is I was wondering if it was maybe um 3D printed or something you know if it was uh if it was a, a sort of a, a, uh not made of wood but that obviously is not the case um so yeah really interesting uh, a, a cool concept um the um I don't mean to sound like a total bore but the 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 the, the shape is a bit of a hard pass for me but well, I do on, on the Nova there is a telly there sure. they do, do a telly Yeah yeah I was having a look at it and you know there, there's so there's some cool stuff there i i really think that the uh the concept is is very interesting though so i'm keen to uh keen to keep my eye out and see what they do yeah absolutely well uh that pretty much brings us to the close of this week's podcast here over on the regular podcast that is we will be continuing over on the patreon episode of the guitar nerds podcast where from as little as one dollar a month you can support the guitar nerds podcast one dollar a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early sometimes five dollars a month gets you an extra half an hour <laughs> every week plus access to bonus features and mini series such as branton's ranton and ten dollars a month makes you one of our executive backers granting you access to everything already mentioned plus the prestigious honour of having your name read out in one breath by me hang on I've got a thing are you ready? wait uh, where is it? come on yeah come I on. know I'm gonna start uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm gonna breathe can... in alright All right, I'm going Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Ethan Jebediah Bartia, Steve Conrady, Scott Hamilton, Ivor John Mayercross, Marin Peters, Golden G, Richard III, Sean Arvo, Joshua Mitchell, Chris Wolfman, Trumpetson, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Gould, Nate Nagel, Tucker Amadon, Ernie Cooper, Emily J. Baker, Christopher Rapsis, Zane Over, Matt Roberts, Steve Lee, Derek Pitts, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sowen, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Crystal Losek, Ron Courier, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob 
Nordwick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Manta, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Mark Cross, Brad Page, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Mo Gravick, Colin Anderson. <laughs> did you not do it? No, I did. Of course oh, okay. I did. Just. Were you not listening? I just no. I was playing. It. I was playing my electroharmonics uh, mini synth on my iPad. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's... Now I did. I did successfully uh, finish it, but uh, but I tell you what, it is absolutely getting close. I am. I am scared. So if you want to, uh, if you want to hear the audio of me passing out on the podcast, do subscribe to the top tier of our Patreon backerness. But there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at. Guitar Nerds, or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That is it from us this week. We'll catch you next time for some more Guitar Nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.